Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Definitely a little bit more chilly out there than it's been the last while. So maybe we will actually have a winter this winter. Hope you're keeping warm, and if you're on the roads, hope you're keeping safe. The visibility is not great out there, I can tell you that. <coughs> and of course, it's wet on the roads. It's fresh thinking time. Welcome aboard. Love to, as always, hear your input, your insights, your perspectives, your opinions. And you can share those in a variety of ways. You can SMS 34519. You can WhatsApp 0618951019. You can even call us in studio 0101403020. Like if you're sitting at home and drinking hot chocolate and looking for something to do with your time. Well, he has a great option. Why not get involved in the conversation? And as always, you can tweet at Chai FM. You can tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. I want to share an article that I came across earlier, and I'd like to know what you think about it. So it's an article on the Times of Israel website. It's originally from the JTA, the Jewish Telegraphic Association or Agency. I think it's agency, actually. I think that's what they call themselves. And the headline goes like this. The headline is, in Britain, poll indicates 23% are unwilling to have a Jew in the family. So essentially what happened over here is that nearly a quarter of British respondents, I'll share a few points from the article, to a poll on attitudes to minorities in Western Europe, said that they would be unwilling to accept Jews as family members. And it's a whole thing. They obviously, like any interview, it's only a segment of the population. But what's interesting is that this particular survey was done across 15 European countries and, of course, the United Kingdom. So 23% said no when they were asked, would you be willing to accept Jews as members of your family? That is in the UK. Very similar response in Italy. And the highest level of acceptance of Jews was in the Netherlands, where 96% of the respondents said that they would have no problem with a Jew joining the family. Germany, uh, 19% said they would not accept a Jewish relative. Isn't that interesting? So it goes through all various places. But isn't it interesting that Germany would have a higher tolerance as a population of a Jewish member of their family than the UK? How things have changed, or have they? So needless to say, any time that there is this kind of a survey, we all understand that it's only a tiny fraction of the population that gets to respond to a survey or that gets surveyed in the first place. So there is always a margin of error. They claim that the margin of error is a mere 3%. So let's assume, let's assume that it is kind of accurate. So let's assume that approximately a quarter of Europeans are willing to say in a survey that they would not, well, at least a a quarter of Brits, and then it's a sliding scale down there in the various other European countries. So if you, now that you hear that, when you hear that statistic that in the worst case, a quarter of the population would not be willing to accept a Jewish member of their family uh, or in their family. And I suppose the two possibilities of what that would mean, it would either mean somebody marrying into their family or a family member who had converted and become Jewish, or perhaps that's not what they thought when they were asked the question. Maybe it's just specifically about the marriage question. So flip that around because that then says that in the worst scenario, 75% of the population would 
be willing to accept a Jewish member into their family. So depending on whether you look at the glass half full or half empty, or in this case a quarter empty or three quarters full, I'm just curious, what is your initial and knee-jerk reaction to that? In other words, is this something that we should be concerned about? Is it good news or is it bad news? Are we becoming more accepted into society or is it turning the other way? We're becoming less accepted into society. And then, the, of course, the question then is, well, what's the significance of it? What's the message? So I can tell you I had a very specific reaction when I saw this particular headline that 23% of Britons would not want or would not welcome a Jewish person into their family. I'm not going to tell you right now what my specific response was, my knee-jerk reaction, because right now I'm curious to hear what yours is. Is this, uh, let's put it two ways. Is this good news or bad news? That's the one side of it. And the other side of the question, I suppose, is if you had a look at it from the perspective of that 23%, what motivates them? In other words, what would their reasoning be for not wanting to accept a Jewish person into their family? Do you think that this could be anti-Semitism or do you think there might be another motivation behind it? So while it's just a story and quite frankly a story that's probably not going to affect us directly anytime soon, it may well be reflective of other attitudes in other societies, including our own over here. I'd be curious to know what the statistics would be locally. What percentage of our population do you think would be willing to accept a Jewish person into their family? That's another whole exploration, I suppose, that we could do. But I'm more interested in what lies behind the story. What's it telling us about the attitudes in society towards Jewish people? Are those attitudes improving? Are those attitudes degrading? Is this some kind of an anti-Semitic expression when people say that they don't want us as part of their family? Is it simply people protecting their own and possibly that have the same attitude? It's a pity because uh, the survey is supposedly about minorities in Europe, but the article does not really give any indication of what the attitudes were to other minorities. Um Oh, no, sorry, that's untrue. They give one paragraph over here where they say the same question was asked about Muslims and their acceptance was lower than that of Jews in all 15 countries surveyed. So I suppose it's it's, an attitude generally towards people who are different, towards minorities specifically, towards those who come from a different part of the world, not European. Is that the issue? Is the issue cultural? Is the issue ideological? Is the issue religious? What does it say? And I suppose part of that question plays directly into, well, where is the world going in terms of its attitude towards us, towards the Jewish people? Would you say that the world is moving more in a direction of acceptance or would you say that it's moving more in a direction of belligerence or a lack of acceptance Uh, discrimination. Where do you think we're headed? What do you think an article like this might mean? And is it good or bad news? I'd love to hear your views on that. 34519 if you're going to SMS or WhatsApps 0618951019. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So we're talking today about this article which uh, says that Apparently, they did a survey in the UK and in Europe about how many people would be willing, what percentage would be willing to accept Jews as members of their families. And the headline screams that it was close to one quarter of British 
people who would not welcome a Jew into their family. And I'm asking the question, is that something that gets you to feel positive, negative, happy, um, accepted, unaccepted? Do you think that there's a trend that's uh, moving in the world in a particular direction? It is interesting because I did anticipate that people would have commentary on this. And I did anticipate some of the commentary, in fact, which I'm going to share with you shortly. But in the meanwhile, uh, here's, of course, somebody who says, this is Elizabeth on Twitter, says it was a very small sample size and I doubt representative of the population as a whole. Well, they, they claim. They claim that it is representative. They claim that these surveys are typically 3% accurate. Now, I don't know that that's true. And quite frankly, I'm one of those people who says that <laughs> the majority of statistics are made up, I suppose, including that one. <clears throat> Elizabeth continues here on Twitter and says, I've spent most of my life in the secular world, and I reckon that most wouldn't even recognize a Jew at a bar mitzvah, let alone have thought about one joining their family. I can tell you from personal experience that even here in our country, there are people, I've met people who literally have never met a Jewish person in their life. They have no idea what it is that a Jewish person looks like or you know what it means to be Jewish. So Elizabeth's point is a good point. I, I then wonder... Is the statistic going to be the same in that context? In other words, the, I, you could assume that people who are surveyed by your average survey institution are most likely people who are somewhat uh, literate, somewhat technologically connected, because that's typically how most surveys work today. It's through some kind of an online portal. So they probably know more about Jews than the average. And here Elizabeth is saying, well, there must be people out there who wouldn't even, I love that, that quotation, wouldn't recognize a Jew at a bar mitzvah. So would that increase or decrease the amount of people who would not welcome a Jew into the family? Do you think that those who know us are more likely to accept us than those who don't? Or do you think it might be the other way around? It's another part of the conversation that I think that we should be having. Uh, Rene says via email over here. That's nice. We have not had an email come through to the show for a long time. I don't even read out the email address anymore because there's such quick and easy ways to communicate. But if you would like it, it's on air at chaifm.com. So uh, Rene says it does not matter because we would not accept a Christian into our family. And I had exactly the same message from somebody else a few minutes ago where somebody said, what percentage of Jews would accept Catholics or Muslims into their families? So there you go. (laughs) Is it a double-edged sword? Is it something that we can point fingers at and say, what's with you people? You are so discriminatory. You are so unaccepting of us. Well, let's ask ourselves that exact question. Would we? I mean, we know that intermarriage, because I assume that that's a big part of this particular question, is would you be happy to have a Jewish son-in-law kind of thing? Maybe they should ask Donald Trump that question. So in, is that is that something that we are altogether different? No, we're not. If you're talking about intermarriage, then that's without a question, something high up on the Jewish priority uh, to ensure that we do not have intermarriage. So we wouldn't be accepting. We wouldn't. We'd certainly be accepting. Interesting, I should hope that our lack of acceptance of people into our families would only be because of difference in religion. It wouldn't be because of, for example, difference in race. We have no issue with a person who happens to be from a different race. If they're a Jewish person or they've gone through a kosher conversion, there would be no – well, I should certainly hope that that's the case. I mean, that's certainly how it should be. 
from a Jewish perspective. Jewish is, uh, Judaism is non-racial and it's non-specific to a particular group. But, uh, well, of, of course, you, you've just got to be Jewish. But would we accept somebody if, let's say, your child came home, God forbid, looking to marry somebody from a different faith? You would say exactly that. You would say, God forbid. That's exactly what you'd say. So uh, here we go. A number of people saying the same thing, uh, which I'll get to shortly. Anthony says over here, taking it's only 23% and they seem like rednecks. <laughs> I don't know how you know that without knowing who the respondents were to the survey. And even if they are, quote unquote, rednecks, how does that help? What does it make a difference? I'm asking a question that's a broader question, which is, is this good news? Is this a, a, a sign of shifting attitudes? Because if you're going to say it's only 23%, then that implies, like I said, that the other 77% are quite accepting of us. Is that good news? And as opposed to exactly, uh, this is what surprises me. Two, two people have sent a very similar message, and they, they surprise me because the message is kind of what I thought, except the exact opposite. So here's a WhatsApp that says, my knee-jerk reaction is, thank God, this might help discourage assimilation. It's a wake-up call to Jews to remind ourselves that just as God tells us to be a nation apart, the non-Jews are telling us that too. So, and somebody else says the same thing. Yeah, Shoshana says, I'm glad, because it means less risk of intermarriage. I don't. I had the exact opposite reaction, because I'm thinking, hey, hang on a second. I'm pretty sure that if you would go back call it a hundred years may even be less okay but let's go back a hundred years what do you think the statistic would have been then now obviously i don't think surveys were that common a hundred years ago i'm not saying they didn't exist but they certainly weren't as common and as easy to field as they are today i wonder if you would go back a hundred years and go to the same countries those same 15 european countries and ask them what they thought about accepting a Jew as a member of their family. Do you think that the number would have been less than 23%? Do you, do, do, do you really think? I don't think that. I mean, I'd love to hear what you think. So people say, yes, this is great because it's going to slow assimilation. To me, the message is the exact opposite. Only 23%? Are you familiar with our history? Do you remember that for centuries literally they didn't want us living in the same countries as they lived in we had to wear distinctive clothing we lived in ghettos in most of those european countries gee even at the time of the holocaust how many of those countries were implicit in they were involved they were so complicit they were involved in the the process of making their countries juden rein and yes i know that there were places that stood up to defend their jews we all know that but we do know that the numbers were not 23% necessarily in a lot of those countries that were surveyed. So why do we think that this is a high number of people saying that they don't want their children to marry Jewish people or to have Jews in their family? I don't think it's a high number. I think it's a radically low number, in fact. If you consider that the highest end, yes, it is surprising, or maybe not, that the UK has the highest reticence against having Jews in their family – Maybe it's not so surprising. Maybe it's a very Christian country and they hold on strongly to the Anglican values and they don't want Jews in their family. And maybe it's not anti-Semitic. It's just purely pre preservation of their culture. I don't know. But what I, I, I see it the exact opposite way. This is a low. I would not have expected the number to be as low as this. 
but apparently other people don't necessarily see it the same way. Let's keep that conversation going. I'd like to use this as an opportunity to explore prevailing attitudes towards the Jewish people in the world today. And it's an important conversation because we could probably argue two very different arguments around this. And it's significant for us because we need to know what it is as Jewish people that we're supposed to be thinking about what we see going on in the world around us. So keep your comments coming. I see that there are a number of messages coming through, which is great. Let's make this as dynamic as possible. 34519. That's the SMS line. You can WhatsApp 0618951019. You could tweet at Chai FM or tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. If you've got something that you really would like to say on air, dial the studio 0101403020. And while you're thinking about that, you should know that Pick and Pay Hypernord has the following specials, which are valid until next week, the 3rd of June. Sorry, that's yeah, that's Sunday. So take five. You can save 25% when you choose any five fruit and veg that has a take five sticker on the pack. Or you can get the whole lot of what I'm about to read for a hundred rand. That's Omo washing powder, two kilogram assorted or liquid, one and a half liters of sunlight dishwashing liquid, 750 mils of handy Andy all purpose cleaner, and 750 mils of Domestus assorted. All of that for a hundred rand. Or you can get the following for 100 rand. 7 kgs of no-name potatoes, 3 kilos of carrots, and 3 kilos of onion. Or you can get any eight of the following for 100 rand. Coke regular, Fanta orange, Sprite, Stony or Schweppes. That's all the one liters. You can get Oros ready to drink six by 500 milliliters. Any two of those for 100 rand. Or you can get 10 Lindt Lindor chocolates. Those are the 38 gram assorted chocolates for 100 rand. And you can get five uh, Taffy budget bags. Those are the 20 bags in a bag, I guess, for a hundred rand. That's pick and pay hyper Norwood. The Bidvest Maccabi Fun Run is coming to Johannesburg on the 17th of June 2018 at Huddle Park. Come out and enjoy a fun day out with the family and friends. Distances include the one kilometer kiddies dash or the five kilometer run slash walk. You'll earn 300 vitality points. There are limited goodie bags for the first 600 signups. They're going to have music, kids entertainment, food and drink. Entrance is 180 rand, 90 rand for kids under 12. All the proceeds go to the participating Jewish charity or the organization of your choice. So hope to see you there. You can sign up on Maccabi.co.za. If you have just joined us, it is Thursday afternoon. You know what that means. It's fresh thinking time. You're with Rabbi Ari Shishler. We're talking today about this article that I read and its significance. The article basically says that 23% of Brits who were asked about would they welcome a Jew into the family said no. And the numbers were similar, but a little bit less so. In various other European countries, my question was, is it or is it not good news? And a few people are saying, yes, great news, because that implies that there'll be less assimilation when people tell us they don't want us in their families. And I'm saying, but there's not so many of them. It's only 23% or less, depending on exactly which country you're referring to. So there's a WhatsApp over here that says, ideally, 100% of Jews should not want to marry, to intermarry, or their own to convert out. That's an unsigned WhatsApp. So ideally, 100% of Jews. I wonder what would the statistic be? Their statistics is approximately 23% of Brits, and all the way down to 4% 
who was it that was 96% of the Dutch, right? 4% of Dutch saying that they would not marry or not want to have a Jew in their family. What do you think the percentage in realistic terms is of Jewish people being willing to have a non-Jewish person uh, in their family? And exactly that question has come through on SMS. Would you accept a Christian daughter or son-in-law like Trump has? And if not, why not? But I think that that talks to the heart of a lot of what we're discussing over here. We wouldn't. As Jewish people, we wouldn't. And the question is, why? Why not? And that's exactly why I think we have to be really careful before we start saying things like, that's, uh, that's just incredible. How could this be? In today's modern world, they are not willing to have us as a member of the family. Well, hang on a second. I saw a fant- really interesting. It's so funny how things come together. But I saw a clip earlier that before I saw this article and unrelated, somebody sent it to me on WhatsApp. Now, I'm not sure who the person is in the interview, but I suspect it was a young Muhammad Ali, actually. And it's this interviewer asking him about interracial marriage. It's a very interesting conversation where the, the interviewer is a white man and, and the interviewee is a black man. I believe it's uh, Muhammad Ali, but then again, I, you know, I'm, I'm not so up there on the celebrities. And the conversation was fascinating because the interviewer is saying, why would this be an issue? And, and the interviewee is saying, well, if I want to re- retain my culture, why should I be criticized for that? I want to retain my culture. There's nothing wrong with that. I love my wife. I lo- that the, This is literally paraphrasing what he says. I love my wife. I love my daughter. I think they're beautiful. I don't see why I have to mingle with another race or with another culture just to be seen as being acceptable in society. It was really interesting. Of course, this was from many years ago, and I suppose some of the things that he said over there would not go down so well in today's world. But it is interesting. So from a Jewish perspective, one of the highest ideals that we have as Jewish people is to marry within the Jewish faith. That's a really big deal for us. It's not just about continuity. It's about the fact that we believe absolutely that we were given a divine purpose in this world. And part of that divine purpose is that Jewish people marry Jewish people. What the rest of the world does is not really of our concern. We're not here to dictate to everybody else who they can and can't marry. So just in answer to that SMS about would we, would I as a Jewish person be satisfied with a Christian or Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu son-in-law or daughter-in-law? The question would be absolutely not. It's not what Jews believe is what God wants from us. It's not because... These are people who are lesser people or bad people. In fact, on the contrary, that's often the challenge is that sometimes people find that the nicest people around are not necessarily from their own culture. But we're not here as Jewish people in this world to do the things that make us feel good. We're here to do the things that we're expected to to do that are considered right. So that's why I'm not not really worried about the fact that there is this group of people in Europe or in the UK that has an issue with taking a Jew into their family. I don't have an issue with that because I I really think that that's exactly the kind of attitude that we have. My question is somewhat different. My question is, that is a radical, in my view, and you could disagree, you're welcome to disagree, but in my view, that's a radical decline in negativity towards having Jewish people as part of your family. It was unthinkable not so long ago. I'm not talking hundreds of years ago where it was literally people riding through the streets in pogroms. That wasn't even so many hundreds of years ago or prior to that in crusades or if it was the Inquisition trying to snuff out its Jews. Those people were obviously not interested in having Jews in their family. For heaven's sake, they weren't interested in having Jews in their country. So this has changed. It's changed radically. And all the people who say, yay, because that means we look at these people. They're going to stop assimilation. I say the contrary. That means the door is wide open for assimilation because the vast majority of people don't think that way. The vast majority of people are apparently quite happy to have Jewish family members. 
Uh, Cynthia says, people are individuals. There are some Jews I wouldn't want anything to do with as a Jew, and some I would protect to the death. There are also some non-Jews I wouldn't want anything to do with, and some I have a lovely friendship with, each to their own. On the whole, like it or not, we are moving towards the biblical prophecy. We Jews and folks of peace are here to stay. I like the conclusion of that. (laughs) That's, That's really nice. Uh, another WhatsApp that says from Daniela, the scary part of that statistic is that it shows that racial and religious stereotypes are still alive and well. On the other hand, what's disturbing me is what if it's not just baseless hatred on behalf of those surveyed, but whether our own behavior as Jews contributes to that perception. Now, that's a big part of this question. Is the reason that people don't want to have Jews in their family because of their beliefs or because of our behavior and the way that we are then perceived in the world, which is a really interesting question. I still maintain that even if that is the case, even if our behavior is that horrible, that there's 23% of Brits who don't want us in their families, I still think 23% is a very um, low number, really. And to me, the concern is the exact opposite. I think the concern over here is not a rise of anti-Semitism as expressed by this minority view, but rather a rise of assimilation as unexpressed through the majority view, or at least the way that the article has put it. Mike says, I think the real problem of marrying out is not in the generation that it happens, but in two generations' times. From the Holocaust to today's two generations, we in South Africa have been privileged to maintain our standards of Yiddishkeit. That's from Mike. And, uh, yeah. So, not sure what, what you're saying about our standards of, of Yiddishkeit and how it relates specifically to two generations time. Maybe we're just behind the curve. So, uh, currently, we're not seeing the same kind of attrition that you see in other parts, in other Jewish communities across the globe. But does that mean we're immune? I don't think so. I think we're just perhaps a little bit behind. What do you think? And uh, this, this, to me, is very insightful into where the world is going. And we have to pay attention to where the world is going because it's relevant to us, not only because we're the Jews in the story and we're the ones being spoken about, but because it's something that I think we've just got to be awake to because a Jew is supposed to read what's happening in the world and say and what's the deeper message in that your thoughts 34519 by SMS or 0618951019 via WhatsApp join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 high FM 101.9 megahertz of power okay so it's uh, definitely heating up isn't it um couple of more WhatsApps coming through that uh, <laughs> quite diverse, I must say. Quite diverse. Here's just an unsigned WhatsApp that says, the Rebbe said the opposite of baseless hatred is baseless love. Now, I think that really the message over there is, is a relevant message because don't get all het up if people are saying things which seem so negative. And we do this a lot. When there's negativity coming our way, then we typically tend to respond with negativity of our own. And that's not a good way to do things. So if you see there's an uptick in hatred in the world, then your response should be to add more love in the world and goodness and kindness. It's a good message. Absolutely. Michael says here on SMS, isn't the real question not whether they would accept a Jew as a member of their family, but whether they accept us in everyday life, such as in the workplace? Yes, that, that's definitely, definitely. In fact, it's a brilliant question. That should have been a, a part of this. I wonder if it was part of the survey. I doubt it. 
but that should have been part of the survey. Are we accepted in ordinary life? Because accepted in your family has all kinds of emotional overtones that may sway the answer to the question. Yeah, very, very good point. Now, what I find fascinating about this is we tend, and this is the nature of news, I suppose. This is an article, and it's an article in a media outlet. And the nature of news very often is to try and tell us the bad news, or as many people today will tell you, the fake news. <laughs> but the, w- when you look with open eyes, we as Jewish people, we're supposed to believe that there is guidance from our great leaders. There is insight from the Torah, and that's how we shape our perspective on what's going on in the world. We don't get to choose the narrative of what is going on in the world, but we do cha- we do choose to decide what that narrative means and how we're supposed to understand it. I came across a fascinating TED talk already quite a number of weeks ago. A colleague sent it to me, and there's a guy over there. He seems to be Jewish, I think. And he does a fantastic job of illustrating that all the doom and gloom that we hear about, where everybody goes on about how the world is worse off than it's been in who knows how long, he does a comparison over the last 30 years. So he basically compares the 1980s to today in a whole diverse series of areas of life and illustrates that even though popular opinion will tell you we're worse off, let's say, in terms of crime, worldwide corruption, employment rates, a whole bunch of things, he shows you the statistics and illustrates that actually it's not true. This is very often the the kind of thing that media is made of. And I think that's what we're seeing in this particular conversation as well. So here's a story that 23%, oh my gosh, shock horror, 23% of Brits, let's call a spade a spade, don't like us. (laughs) It, It should really be quite the opposite. We should be saying, hang on a second, we're moving in a direction over here that is unprecedented in Jewish history, which is the majority have no issue with us. In fact, somebody's just sent through here on Twitter, this is the Elizabeth again, says, um, I think the vast majority of people wouldn't have an opinion either way. Certainly where I live, Judaism doesn't seem to be on most people's radar, not positively nor negatively. And while that may or may not be the case where we live or in the bigger cities, I suspect that this might not be in one of the big cities. But I do think that while there's a political game at play right now, and I don't want to go down the roots of that political game around Israel and, and that, Generally speaking, in the world today, we have a freedom to be able to be Jewish people that is unprecedented ever in history. We have a protection by the governments of most places where we live to be able to express our religious freedom. And not only that, but in many places in the world where the government physically protects that religious freedom. So there are resources allocated in in many countries around the world to allow us to do what we have to do, to allow us to have our educational systems in many places in the world supported financially by those governments, to allow us to have our shuls where we can go and pray. And there is security provided. The United States is a great example of that, where there's funding available for the security provided to, to shuls. So the the general attitude, the fact that you go to work, to, to work and the person in the cubicle next to you is a non-Jewish person and you have an ordinary conversation and you, you get along, it's, it's unusual. It's not something – it did exist in pockets at certain periods in our history, but it's something which I believe is a global shift in awareness. 
And I think that the that global shift of in awareness is a highly positive thing. You see, we as Jewish people, we believe that we are very, very much approaching the time of Moshiach, the Messianic age. Now, people get all uncomfortable when you say Messianic age. Oh, okay, you're going down that route now, yeah? This pipe dream that everybody believes in. Or something that's never going to happen. Well, that's not how we look at it at all. We don't think that a messianic age is one day there's a big explosive revelation of some person comes flying out of the sky and then changes everybody's lives. We believe that it's an awakening, that there's a consciousness. Yes, there will be a messianic figure, absolutely. And that will be the guide and the mentor and the teacher and the person who takes us to a whole different level level of experience. But it's not about the person in isolation. It's about a an era. It's about an awakening of consciousness that's to happen in the world now i know and i don't for one second say that that same statistic that was that same survey that was taken in europe would have the same results if it was taken for example in the uh, in the in the gulf states you know we understand that different places there are prevailing attitudes but as a whole the direction that the world is moving in is i think a, a direction that is more open to the Jewish nation and even our influence. And to, to us, that's a highly positive thing. We shouldn't be reading an article like this and saying, oh, no, they don't want to accept us. How, you know, good, what do they say? Good, how does it go? Good fences make good neighbors, right? Good fences, I'm talking here ideologically, conceptually, understanding we are who we are. You are who you are. That's fine. We don't have to mix and and become this blurring of societies in order to have connection, relationship, Meaning, shared ideas, shared values. We, we we don't have to lose our own identity just to be able to get along with your identity. And I think that that's an evolution that's happening in the world today. There's a beautiful saying from the, the Rebbe of Kotsk. And for those of you who've ever been, for example, to a label wolf seminar, it's probably his most famous quotation. And it goes like this. It goes like this. If I am I because you are you. And you are you because I am I, then I am not I and you are not you. But if I am I because I am I and you are you because you are you, then I am I and then you are you. In other words, what he's saying up here, it sounds like a little bit of a tongue twister, but basically what he's saying is if my identity is dependent on your version of my identity, then I don't have an identity. If my identity is dependent on your acceptance, I don't have an identity. Jews are charged with this incredible mission to be a light unto the nations. That's how we're told. Now, a light doesn't say, hang on a second. Let me just understand what it is that you need, and then I'll shine accordingly. A light is a light. That's my value. My value is because of who I am. And because I know and I'm confident and I believe in my value, that's why you'll come to like me and I'll like you and you'll respect me and I'll respect you and we'll exchange ideas and we'll, and we'll have a positive influence on each other. I'll help you in areas that I can. You'll help me in areas that you can. So to be afraid of the fact that there are people who say we need to keep those boundaries up, nothing to be afraid of. That's good and healthy. At the same time, to recognize that the prevailing attitudes in the world are not this sadistic toxic attitude towards the Jewish people is something we should celebrate literally every single day and we should recognize that that is something which is linked directly to the unfolding of a messianic age. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 
101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So, uh, I don't know who, sa- oh sorry, this is from Rebecca Ann, this WhatsApp. It says, Abraham and Moshe both married outside the borders of their cultural circles, but they shared the same faith and that's why it worked. And, and that's exactly it. That's exactly it. The Torah tells us these stories. We have no issue. I mean, the Torah says very clearly, and I have a guy in my shul who loves this, and he always brings it up. It says that Moshe married a woman who was, it's in this week's Torah reading, in fact, who was considered a kushit, which is a black woman. And that had no issue on there, even though Rashi does not say that it's a literal translation. Many others say that's exactly the point. So the cross-cultural issue was not an issue as long as the religious focus was the same because Jews marry Jewish. So there you go. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, some messages over here are just going to take us off onto a different topic. Pity though, because it's a nice message. I want to thank Gisela for your message. It's very nice and much appreciated. Um, Anthony says, to be very honest to myself, if it was 100% of the European world, it would be a blessing for the Jewish people because there'd be zero intermarriage. Exactly. Well, that is part of what we spoke about before. I don't think, though, we should be dismissive of this because one of the great challenges of living in a democratic society is being able to preserve your own identity. And, and to us, that's absolutely precious because to us, to have our identity, to be able to stand up for what we believe in and have a society around us that's okay with that is the greatest blessing. Again, if you know who you are, then you know what it is that you can contribute to the world and you can make a difference. So, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, wow, there's so much going on over here on our uh, message line right now. <laughs> I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if I can get through all of it, but I'm going to just share this one from Yvette, which is, which is just coming, this WhatsApp from, from Yvette, because it's interesting. Yvette says, I was an undercover Jew for 16 years as my stepfather, who was an English South African, fought against the Nazis as part of General Jan Smuts's war effort. That's quite something. He married my Jewish mom and raised me as his own, and as far as anybody knew, including myself, I was part of the great English empire. However, my quote-unquote differentness, I like that word, uh, my typical Jewish nature and love for Hashem was so evident that I went through severe rejection in school, primary and high school. Some girl cliques targeted me and liked to drag me through nasty humiliation. I thank Hashem that when at 16 I finally learned the truth and finally understood. Interesting. Because there you've got an example of somebody, isn't that interesting, somebody who lives their life almost as if they were not Jewish, and yet somehow the people around them found it out and exposed it. I think that's so true about what goes on in our world. You know, you try, you try to hide it, but it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't work. So I suppose if we had to wrap this up, I did not anticipate we'd have as, as much interaction as we did, which is great. So thank you for those messages and apologies to the few messages that I haven't read out on air simply because they're just slightly off topic and we didn't have the... I suppose we didn't have the luxury of time to go down those topics. So let's think about it this way. This is my take on it. I think it's an incredibly low uh, amount of people living in Europe who have an issue with Jews in their family, which is a positive sign. That means that generally speaking, the attitudes towards Jews and Judaism have improved over time. To me, that we're supposed to read as a sign we're moving in the messianic direction. However, word of caution, let's not fall into the trap of saying everybody loves us and therefore we can compromise who we are and just assimilate into that society. That's probably our challenge today. 
So again, thanks for wonderful messages that came through. And until next time, if you've got a topic that you'd like us to discuss on Fresh Thinking, why not send a message, WhatsApp, SMS, email, tweet, what is it that you'd like to discuss a little bit out of the, out of the box and thinking freshly. Till then, have a great Shabbos, a wonderful week ahead. Stay warm, stay safe. Please God, see you next week.